who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. There you are, welcome to Podcast Unlocked. You've just watched the Xbox Developer Direct, the 2024 edition. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by my panelists. Let's dive right in. Not even time for introductions. That's how exciting uh, that was. And that's how pumped I am. We have to start with Indiana Jones. I know Visions of Mana was the the secret game that, that secretly parachuted in there, but the star of that show was Indiana Jones. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take host privilege and just start by saying, as as uh, one of the resident olds of this panel, there was so much of the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay DNA in there that you could see that just made me so happy because that's one of the greatest original Xbox games ever. It's first person. Uh, Khalif Adams, spawn on me. First word goes to you here. What did you think of Indiana Jones? And, and by the way, everybody, we have plenty of time. So everybody settle in if you're watching. We're going to talk through all this stuff. Ka, the floor is yours. Mind blown. I, I was I was excited and ready for this to drop and, and get all the goodies that we could from, from the visuals and everything. And they are just nailing that vibe that we were hoping that they would be able to pull in. All of those things from the films that we remembered and, and kind of love and have that nostalgia for. Feels like they're really knocking on the door for that. You know, the music and the score really came through. And I think that that's a big part of the indie experience and the indie fandom. And man, that first person combat damn that looks good it looks really really fantastic so very excited for what we got a chance to see stella uh you were you're talking as we were just watching <laughs> it together you were like i yeah. called it from the first teaser give me your rea- immediate right. reactions yeah because like everyone i remember people seeing people in chat and you know 
being like, oh, well, machine games, you know, I don't, I don't know, because this is an Indiana game. We want to see him, so it's probably going to be third person. And I was like, well, if they're making an Indiana game, they probably want to make sure that you feel like the character, and first person is a really good way to do that. So I said from the beginning, I think it's going to be first person. So I'm glad that they are going that route. Um, right now, I don't know how far along this trailer was. I feel like it looks good. I'm very excited for the puzzles. Um, and I'm glad it's not just another like Uncharted-like game because those games kind of fall into a specific formula. Um, but I want to know, I want to see more of the combat, like dynamic combat through one level because we got a lot of like jump cuts. So I want to know what the combat flow is going to look like. Uh, Destin, your thoughts. There was a lot to see there. I wasn't sure about Indiana Jones going in to the Dev Direct. I was absolutely blown away. I really, really like what they're doing here. I love the first person. What we saw of combat looks really fun. I can't get over how well they integrated the whip into all of the different types of mechanics. Being able to grab somebody by the leg or just whip somebody and then pull them towards you for a punch, it's very indie. Everything about it just makes me remember why I love those original movies and to see a game take the movies and make this which just hits all the right notes from the villain to the puzzles to the combat has me tremendously excited more than I ever thought I would be for an Indiana Jones video game I'm all in uh yeah the 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 thought I had with the first person thing is number one, uh, it's it's not unexpected. I mean, like Stella was saying, there were, there were good reasons to go first person with this, but uh, not just sort of centering you in the character, but also because it's it's a good way to differentiate from Tomb Raider and from Uncharted, right? I mean, that's those are comparisons that people are naturally going to make because there hasn't been an Indiana Jones video game outside of Lego Indiana Jones. Like there hasn't been a sort of AAA indie game since I think maybe 2003, I think Destin is what we had looked up with uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. I think this was one? the name of it. For, that's the one, yes. <laughs> I just played it for B-roll. But yeah, uh, this game actually is pretty good. Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, I played it a little bit just to remind myself of what the old game is played like. And it made me a believer in the fact that Indy can be a great video game. Machine Games is doing a whole new thing from from this take, though, and uh, yeah, I just I just left with a very very positive impression about where the game is going to evolve to, and really really stoked. Yeah, uh, the id tech engine, which is what we don't know a hundred percent. That's what this is using, but that's what this studio has used for years with Wolfenstein. That is almost certainly. The tech that's going on here, uh, production value-wise, Khalif, pretty high production values, clearly. A thousand percent. I mean, everything, every visual that we saw just jumped off the screen, right? It felt exactly like you remembered indie movies feeling, which is great from the, you know, from the villains to the kind of that sepia tone, that kind of, you know, feeling like you're in these far off places in the desert or in some far off land. They just nailed all of those pieces. And again, you know, we talked a little bit behind the scenes, them snagging Harrison Ford's likeness in this. And yeah. really nailing that, and and also the voice actor, whoever whomever that may be, uh, doing the voice uh, a voice capture for this or the voice performance for this, 
it all feels exactly like you would hope for a game like this. It wants to pay homage to one of the one of the biggest and kind of mes- best known adventure movies of all time. So I, I'm very excited to see where all of those pieces kind of land and see who the other folks are in that in that conversation. And of course, Tony Todd is in this, so that automatically just like magically just made me super excited for that. So hyped is hyped is hyped for this. So Stella, I want to come back to you to get your thoughts uh, and everybody else's too, but. Something that I think was maybe an, a bit of an unanswered question from this, and maybe I'm just looking too far into it. Just just tell me if you think I am. But um, mm-hmm. Gina, we were introduced to near the end. She's a reporter. She's kind of along this adventure with Indy. Uh, they're helping each other out. They they specifically refer to her as a protagonist. Do you think that you're going to play as her for one level for significant amounts of time? What What was your takeaway from that? You know what? It would be really cool if there were some temple puzzles that you have to work together, but you can't really see each other, so you can talk through walls, yeah. right? Kind of like, well, I guess Portal was a co-op game, but if it was sort of like, you know, you could talk to them and maybe switch uh, perspectives, that would be really cool. But I feel like we're going to get maybe one or two levels where she is going to have to get him out of, you know, a, a bit of trouble where he's gotten himself trapped or something. Right. But I think that for some of these temples, we may get one of those partner moments where he has to call out, hey, hit this lever now or whatever and that might be really cool so yeah i I love the idea of having two protagonists but maybe i feel like we're definitely going to be focusing on indiana here but yeah yeah that that that's probably where i'm landing with it too is is maybe either one or just the occasional check-in with her where you're like i said maybe you're you're riding a motorcycle and you've got to save him or something or i think the puzzle example you gave was was pretty solid as well but Maybe almost kind of like the Mary Jane stuff from mm. Spider-Man on, on PlayStation, where it's it's kind of a neat little um, change of pace for the game, for the campaign as you're going through it. I mean, well, Destin, uh, speaking of Spider-Man, I mean, I, this, this seems awesome enough, and it's this well-known big property. Is, is it too early to say that this Indiana Jones could be sort of Xbox's Spider-Man, if you will? In terms of exclusivity, yes, I definitely think, and I know you're using a licensed IP there to make make the correlation. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be their answer to Uncharted, and if they get to continue to make games like this, this is great because it's not just like a straight up Uncharted clone. It's really unique in how they're presenting combat, how they're integrating puzzles into it. They did say that a lot of the puzzles are going to be optional. So there's going to be even if you're into puzzles, you can go to all these side things where you can unlock more secrets in each level, or you can just keep on playing through the game and only Im- impact or only encounter those main puzzles. But um, to your point, Ryan, I do agree. I think this is going to be a huge win for Xbox in terms of a licensed IP game. So I did a very informal Twitter poll for every game featured throughout the stream. As soon as it was done on the stream, I put up uh, a little poll with the same four choices. Loved it, seemed pretty good, it looked okay, and I didn't like what I saw. So we'll, we'll check in on, on every game for this. For Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which is indeed the name, uh, which was, was uh, dug out by a, a, a sleuthy internet user prior to this that I think we had, we'd written up on IGN. Um, I will say that Indiana Jones, perhaps unexpe- or unsurprisingly rather, had the highest 
satisfaction rate of, of any of the four, of, excuse me, any of the five. So of 2,000 votes and, and still rising here, but over 2,000 votes, two thirds of, of the respondents on my little mini Twitter poll, 66.4% said loved it. 21% said seemed pretty good. Just 8% said, said it looked okay. And 4.2% saying I didn't like what I saw. So this was uh, quite an overwhelmingly positive uh, viewing that, that everybody just took in. And, and I certainly uh, am right on board with it. I, I had high expectations for this. And I, as soon as they confirmed that it was first person, I was like already over the moon because I've talked on, if you're a regular listener or viewer of Unlocked, you know that I just, I have a soft spot for first person games in my heart. I've, I've just, it's always been my favorite genre. I like when, I, and I like when first person games aren't just shooters when they try some different stuff, which is part of the reason why I think the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay is one of the probably five, definitely 10 greatest original Xbox games ever. If you've never played it, it's probably backwards compatible. I don't have that definitively in it's front of not. me. It's not. It's not. So there was, no. a, I know there was a 360 like sort of remaster, yeah. you know, up, upgraded visual version, but Justin, it's it's not com backwards compatible? It's not. To capture oh. the B-roll that hopefully Red has ready, I had to go back <laughs> to get out the 360 and capture gameplay of the, the 360 disc. But that game holds up really, really well. It was easy to yeah. pick up and start playing again. And it was one of those first games that took a, a licensed IP and did something really, really cool with it. Yep. Uh, like, it's it takes place and we're talking about Riddick at the moment, it takes place like before he gets his eyes shine and you go through the whole story of how he got that and how he escapes this prison. And, and I like how they're sort of using the same formula for Indy here. They are taking a story between Raiders and Last Crusade and telling us about it, just like they did with Chronicles of Riddick. Riddick opens up, you know, you've been captured by Hoxie, who is in the, the Pitch Black movie, and he takes you to <laughs> to the Slammer. And yeah, this is this is the 360 game that you're looking at right now if you're if you're watching along with us. And uh believe it or not, it still plays pretty well. Yeah, I I was surprised I was surprised how easy it was to pick up and start playing again. But to be fair, I played through it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely <laughs> showing its age. Scared. <laughs> Definitely showing its age. That's well, for sure. In uh, almost twenty years ago, two thousand four, two thousand four, mm -hmm. I think was uh, was the original Xbox release of this. Maybe oh three. Anyway, almost twenty years ago, it was stunning on the original Xbox. It was an original Xbox exclusive. And if you're if you're watching or listening to this, going, well, wait a minute, why are you talking about Riddick, the Escape from Butcher Bay? That was Starbreeze. Well. Machine games, I, I do apologize. That's the that's the like core bit of information I'm leaving out. So let me <laughs> let me fix that. Uh, machine games, who of course has done the Wolfenstein games and done them so well, they were started by the core team that did Riddick at Starbreeze and then left and founded machine games. That's why I'm drawing that that direct parallel. Uh, and the, and the fact that indie, you know, they were talking about how it's gonna it's gonna mix in. You know, you can do melee combat, gunplay, and stealth, 
Like that's all stuff that they did in Riddick and they did it exceptionally well. If Red can bring up the gameplay that I provided him, all cut up real nice. Uh, you can see like how they integrated the stealth mechanics and and really just own that character. And the reason I'm so excited about indie is because it looks like they've managed to do the same thing. This is the old indie. This is an exclusive footage. <laughs> well, it's still but, good to take a look at, at Emperor's Tomb here because th this is what a AAA Indiana mm -hmm. Jones game looked like exactly 20 years ago. That game came out in 2003. It was done by, again, a very talented developer, The Collective. And mm -hmm. for fellow olds, might remember that The Collective kind of put themselves on the map at the time. They did an awesome licensed game of their own first. They did a Buffy the Vampire Slayer game that was really right. good for PS2 and for original Xbox. And then they did Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb there. Um, but yeah, hopefully Red is... is uh, digging up that Riddick footage that Destin had prepped because I there are more parallels that can be drawn there. And it is, like, I would say, well, I guess since you can't play it on Xbox, it's not backwards compatible. If you've got even a reasonable gaming PC, not nothing top of the line, just go buy it on Steam. I'm, I'm sure it's probably quite cheap at this point. And as Destin was saying, it you know, it's pretty easy to pick up and play even all these years later, which which speaks to how good the design is. Destin, you want to talk a little bit about, about uh, more about Riddick here? Yeah, so Riddick just, again, all first person. There were like story elements where you had to befriend certain characters and then he's Riddick, so he betrays everybody. Um, and you were really limited on your ammunition. So it wasn't just you go in guns blazing or anything, right? You had to figure out how to hide enemies, how to utilize the tools at your disposal, how to utilize the darkness to your advantage. And it was, it was really, really smart how they put everything together. And this, this scene in particular was actually shown during their, their teasers for it. And it, at the time, it was really impressive. You have to remember, this was a, an original Xbox yeah. game where you could like do all these sort of takedown moves yeah. and you could counter people in first-person mode. Dynamic shadows, dragging mm. the bodies into the darkness. All that stuff was new. Yeah, so this was all new tech. And, you know, fast forward 20 years or so, we have another game mixing third-person like we're seeing right now with first-person combat. And I'm really, really excited about the potential. Yeah, in fact, I would I would say at least my memory tells me that Riddick was probably 25% at the most gunplay and the rest of it was first person melee stuff either with, you know, just your just your fists and choking guys mm -hmm. out or with a with like a shiv. Uh and and Indiana Jones seems like it might be the same way. Like uh, clearly, the the whip is going to be your primary melee weapon, other than just the, we saw some fisticuffs in that gameplay demonstration as well. But I suspect gunplay is not going to be a huge part of of Indiana Jones here because you know Indy's not you know it's it, this isn't going to be a first person shooter. I mean, I think that much mm. is clear already. Um, I was, yeah, I was a little surprised to see him pull out a pistol in one of those shots on the quick jump cut away from it. I was like, oh, we don't want to see Andy murder anyone today? All right, fine. I was kind of hoping to, but sure. All right. Uh, also, real quick, from Max, he 
made a list of some callbacks in Easter eggs. So there was the Wilhelm scream when pulling the Nazi off the ledge. Mm -hmm. Dr. Marcus Brody will appear and the spider running up Indy's arm when reaching into the hole was reminiscent of Temple of Doom. So <laughs> there are some little love love letters to uh, indie fans there. I'm going to admit I am going to have to go back and rewatch them because it has been so long since I've seen the movies. Yeah. They nailed the other part of that that I thought they really nailed is the humor. Even those yeah. small pieces, I think that's a big part of the indie series. And that character is is getting those moments where you balance between it's kind of very serious moment, you you being in peril, and then also having those kind of winks and nods. And it feels like they've also kind of captured that in this and the kind of that ethos of who Indy is and as a character. That's gonna be really fun. And also like some of the stealthy pieces, I I wanted to see a little bit more of that. Uh, but but excited to see that you're going to have some of those moments where you're you know watching where some of the enemies are pathing and kind of figure out where they're going to go and doing that from this from this first person perspective is going to be really fun to be able to kind of see. It makes me think about all the callbacks that you, that, that Stella talked about and what what else we'll see. That was a, a big part of the series for sure. I I feel like for the most part you're going to be in these really close encounters and going to need to utilize stealth. I don't think you're ever really going to go in guns blazing. Like yeah. he shoots one bullet in this whole thing. Uh, well, okay. To be fair, he gets on a turret later, but <laughs> I, I think when there's like a clear advantage, like a turret, they'll utilize that. But I like the idea of him having to utilize his basic tools as opposed to like a machine gun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was, as you were talking, I was, I was racking my brain trying to think like, have we ever really had a first person game where you use a whip a lot? And <laughs> the only thing that came to mind, if, if I'm missing one, please call it out. Uh, bullet storm with the leash. Oh that yeah. That was the only game that came to mind. <laughs> Darksiders three, maybe too. I'm being <laughs> a, a little voice in my ear is, is, but was that first person though? Darksiders three? Uh, no, yeah, it wasn't first person. So, uh, so that, that doesn't count, but, but yeah, uh, it's, this just, everything about this reveal made me happy. I came in with very high expectations. I mean, I guess before we talk about, uh, the other super awesome piece of this, which is that it's coming out this year. And I do want to sort of discuss that and what it means for this year of Xbox, uh, kind of want to just go around. I'll start with Khalif. What were your expectations for indie coming in, just knowing the pedigree of the studio and whatever you thought this game was going to be? And are, did, did this reveal meet them, exceed them, not meet them? How you feeling, Khalif? Yeah, I, th I think it, it met all of those expectations. My, my only worry for this game was around, is this IP old enough that the generation that we are now in will just have forgotten it or not have any, it won't have any relevancy to it. And I think now getting a chance to see what the gameplay looks like, what the visuals look like, all of those pieces, I think that's how you bridge that gap where even if you didn't have that kind of, you know, fandom or that, that, that feeling of, you know, what does this mean to you and, and what does indie mean to you as a character, just looking at it from a game perspective, it looks like a triple, a very highly polished video game that you would want to check out no matter who you might be. And I think they've, they've, they've probably figured out that gap in between that relevancy and, and what we know in, in that fandom. So very, very excited for that. And I think they absolutely hit every expectation that I had. So super excited for that. How about you, Stella? Where were you coming in and, and where are you coming out of this? Uh, honestly, I just because I have no real attachment to this franchise, I kind of 
didn't have an expectation because I we also weren't sure if it was going to be first person, third person. So I really went in with no expectations, which is honestly the best way to do that. So you don't put, you know, pressure on them. Uh, so yeah, coming out of this, I, again, like I said, I want to see more gameplay. Um, I want to see uh, Indie go through a level in particular, maybe Less is more in terms of game reveals, right? We don't want to see games show everything off, just like those movie trailers that show the entire plot. Uh, but I do want a little bit more in terms of the narrative, what exactly is going on here, and the, um, I don't know, the, the, the push for him to be exploring here, right? And I think you did say that this was going to take place between two of the movies, which is really cool. But yeah, I'm coming out of this with a few more questions, and I want to know how this is really going to look like when it comes out at the end of the year. And um, yeah, for me, story is always really big. So story and combat. Destin, how about you? Where were you coming in? How are you feeling now? Uh, I came in with very low expectations, not thinking that I would particularly like Indiana Jones. And it is by far my favorite thing from the developer direct. I am tremendously excited to see more of this game. And one thing we didn't talk about are the locations that he's going to be visiting. Yes. R right away, something is stolen, and he has to go to Rome, and then he goes to uh, a jungle area. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the location that he goes to. He goes to the Egypt pyramids, and he goes to the Himalayan mountains. So you got a green location, a sandy location, a snow location, and a city location just in this trailer alone. So he's going to be there going- There was a Zeppelin in there too. I'm sure we're going to be getting yeah. to fight on one of those. Yeah. So not, not only is it going to be visually diverse, which is just- amazing but its integration of puzzles is also really really exciting to me it, it made me think of i've had legacy of kane on the brain right away which mixes <laughs> these little combat sections with puzzle sections and we haven't i haven't really played a game like that in a long time so to see any just everything about the tone of this i'm just like this is exactly how I would want an indie game to be. It, it it's perfect for the character and it's perfect for those combat encounters and very very stoked afterwards yeah i mean i i came in with pretty high expectations given everything that this studio has has achieved already and and i i would say i'm 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 even on a higher cloud nine it might be a cloud 10 <laughs> after this i that was i could not have asked for a better gameplay reveal than that i i love how many uh how, how much of the, the soul of riddick is in this um and in addition to you know the the technological achievements going on too like this is a beautiful looking game i think it's super significant what one of you mentioned earlier mentioned it earlier i think it's quite significant that they licensed harrison ford's likeness for this like so you know they didn't just get like a kind of not quite harrison ford look like it's him it's not his voice which is was to be expected given that mr ford is north of 80 years old and this is set when he's much younger but the sound alike sounds great and and i'm loving this so uh, Indiana Jones, two thumbs up from all of us here. Let's talk about uh, the game that I think we were probably most excited for after Indy coming into this, and that is Avowed. So uh, Avowed, I'll give you, I'll tee up all of you by first mentioning, again, my informal Twitter poll. So let's see here. Thoughts on what you saw of Avowed? Uh, just about 40% of people said they loved it. 33%, so pretty close, saying, seemed pretty good. 18.6%, it looked okay. 
8.5% saying I didn't like what I saw. So not not quite the same uh, ultra satisfaction level as indie, but still overall pretty darn positive. And Destin, I'll start with you for Avowed because mm -hmm. this this is a game that you've you've been talking about. You talked uh, that you were a little kind of maybe unpleasantly surprised at the art direction change from the gameplay reveal we got at the showcase last year relative to the sort of CG first-person tone piece that we got at the actual announcement of this back in 2020. So now that you've seen some some gameplay, how are you feeling about Avowed? I, I think gameplay looks a lot better than that original gameplay teaser that they showed. They did a, a better job of giving us an impression of how things are going to play out. They also focused in on story and how the story is going to be integrated and how there will be more moral nuance and consequences to your actions throughout your gameplay experience. But the, the one thing that got me was the combat. I was very pleasantly surprised to see an improvement on the combat because in that initial trailer there was a lot of stuff just running straight at you and then you kill it right this time you're like they're showing the the shield uh dash they're showing counters and they're showing a lot of really really interesting cool stuff that you're going to be able to do in this game and being able to switch on the fly to different styles of combat like from magic to melee yeah uh to to sword and board uh i like that a lot i like that you're going to be able to do that fall 2024 Still, they said rich, weird, and wonderful was the goal. I, I think they achieved that, but it's still a wait and see for me. I'm excited, but I'm waiting to see how well they nail that story. And I'm totally going to kill that guy that they, <laughs> they teased at the beginning. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's gone. Sorry, buddy. Um, oh, man. Before I, before I throw to Destin, and, excuse me, to, to Stella and Khalif, um, I, I just want to real quick, a uh, uh, you know, we're doing this live on the fly. We were just watching this. Like, we're not having time. We, we can't, like, take in any, any like, information that's coming in after this. And so uh, our producer just was, was in my ear telling me that Troy Baker is voicing Indiana Jones. So oh. uh, kudos <laughs> to Troy for a, a fantastic Harrison Ford impression. That is, uh, that is two thumbs up. We, he's, he's playing someone besides Troy Baker in, in a game this time, which is, uh, which is nice to see. Podcast Unlocked is brought to you this week by Good Chop. I have been sampling Good Chop for the past week or so, and I'll tell you, my family and I are really impressed. Just last night, we had the ribeye steak. It was like I was at a prime rib steakhouse. It was awesome. Truly excellent stuff. Did not have to leave the house. We just keep everything in the freezer until the day before we're ready to eat it. We've been taking it out. We've got the, the aforementioned ribeye steak. There's some chicken breasts that we've had that have been excellent. Uh, ground beef that we've made tacos with, that's been fun. There's also thick cut bacon in there, which I have not busted open yet, but I am looking forward to doing so. Basically, you are getting high quality meats delivered to your door. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered on your schedule. The products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook them when you want, which is exactly what we've been doing over the past week. 
Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts from 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free-range and organic chicken breasts, pork tenderloin, oh yeah, we had that too, and thick-cut bacon, just to name a few. They also offer sustainable and wild-caught seafood. Uh, salmon, which we've, ha we've had, and that's been good. Pacific cod, scallops, shrimp, and more. So, like I said, been trying a bunch of these. They have been really good. Saves the trip to the grocery store. Don't have to worry about going there, getting the meat, and getting something good. You've got good stuff coming right to your door. So, Good Chop, remember, sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries, so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. And it's affordable. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Good Chop also prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. They offer a 100% money-back guarantee if you are not satisfied. I encourage you to try it. I really do. Go to goodchop.com unlocked120 and use the code unlocked120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code unlocked120 at goodchop.com unlocked120 for $120 off goodchop.com unlocked120 code unlocked120. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. All right. <laughs> Back to Avowed. <laughs> Khalif, uh, your thoughts on this one? Uh, I am not voiced by Troy Baker. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you probably really... could be, though. He's, he's that good. He's that good. He's that good. Uh, it, it looks great. I think I think one of the things I came away with is, you know, ditto on everything that, that Destin said. I think it, it, in the combat, the one thing I'm a little bit worried about is it does look a little stiff when you're doing the melee parts of the combat. I would love to have seen a little bit more kind of reaction from some of the enemies when you hit them with your sword or when you hit them with the melee weapon. Because um, I think that just adds to that layer of what you see in that first person mode and that first person perspective. But I think what really came through was the, the dedication to environments in, in a way that I think 
they nail every time with the team from Obsidian. I think they continue to make these really expansive worlds that you want to be in, that you want to kind of, you know, engage with and you want to explore. Uh, and, and how does that kind of reflect the ways that those different biomes and those different kind of spaces that you'll be uh, be in, how do those kind of really uh, play that environmental storytelling up? And how does that really bring to, to the forefront, you know, what your character is going to be? How do you decide to play that character? What are those kind of tertiary layers of, of, of the experience going to wind up being? And uh, yeah, I'm excited for, for what they're going to pull together for this. I think a lot of folks are going to be, you know, excited about the potential of what it means to kind of role play this way yeah. uh, in this in this space. And that's that's always going to be super fun. Stella, your thoughts on Avowed? Yeah, I think the environments look gorgeous. I it makes me miss Outer Worlds and I want Outer Worlds 2 already, which I'm so sad we didn't get a look at today, which is fine, I guess. I'll wait. Um, but yeah, I, I think the combat is the thing that I'm getting stuck on. I don't mind going through a game uh, just for the story. Like I I, if there's a good narrative, I'm into it. But the combat does look a little bit stiff. Like Pa said, we talked about this during the show when we were watching. Um, and it's interesting because even the wand and the sword play looked a little bit similar. Um, but yeah, there was something about, I was mentioning it, I think it's the FOV or something that mm. makes it seem a little bit off. Maybe because I play on 100 FOV or something like that. But um, it's the way the arms are positioned. It almost looks like a character is just very stiff and like, 90 degree angles you know right mm. so i think that's something that's throwing it off but the voice acting was really good and i was very surprised by how well the conversation seemed to flow uh so i'm very interested to see the different path things that you can choose which is very nice but i feel like that should come standard with any role-playing game right you should always have freedom of choice with character you should always be able to approach different scenarios with you know, your personality with whatever you want to play with. So I'm really interested in that. I want to see how far that'll go. I want to know how many endings there are, um, what quest lines you can mess up. And yeah, I'm very interested in this. I think from the beginning of when they showed the teaser to the first trailer, my expectations have kind of gone up for this game. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, not quite sure where I sit with, with Avowed right now. Uh, I liked what, what we saw today, but I, I'm definitely, it, it kind of looked like a, like a Skyrim total conversion to me. Mm. Um, and I say that, it's, and I'm not saying that as a criticism or a compliment necessarily, it's just kind of what it, what it reminded me of. And, and the, the combat that you both, that you all just mentioned, is really kind of where it comes down to. I would I would agree very much that 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 lack of responsiveness from the creatures, there's sort of no you know animations when they've when they've been hit, is like I don't know if that still works for me in 2024, whereas it it did in 2011 when Skyrim came out. Um, is it the end of the world? Absolutely not. I mean, again, you know, you all covered it. Obsidian, we're going to get a great story. We're going to get some really cool quest options and character interactions. And and as Khalif was saying, I, I, the, the worlds, the, the environments in this are are absolutely gorgeous. And that's to me a, a first person RPG. Uh, if that's if you're if you're delivering fantastical, beautiful environments in that first person role playing game, like you've got me. Like I'm. I'm in. I'm totally good. I'm gonna have a great time. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm kind of curious where 
how this will actually like kind of kind of feel to sit down and play with, you know, versus just watching gameplay. But but yeah, super solid and and uh, fall fall twenty twenty four for this one, and just later in twenty twenty four for indie. Which, if I were to take an educated guess, I would I would probably guess that that means they don't they're not quite ready to narrow in on indie yet. Like they're not quite sure if they're going to need maybe a couple more months of polish. Like maybe they're aiming for September, but it could slip to November. So we'll see on indie, but. We know we've got Avowed in the fall to look forward to. So uh, it's, again, we're, we're going to be, I mean, we can talk more at the end, but, but right now we're looking at May for Hellblade 2, which we're going to talk about next. And then towards the end of the year, Avowed and Indiana Jones. So already it is January 18th as we record this. <laughs> we already have like two exclusives set to set to go for fall 2024 in addition to one in the spring with hellblade 2 in fact let's let's just go right into hellblade 2 now because uh we are we are we are on the clock a little bit here we've got uh, about 17 to 20 minutes left in this in this live episode so uh hellblade 2 this is a game we've seen quite a bit most recently at the game awards when we got a new gameplay trailer uh, Stella, let me go to you first on this one. We did Ooh, get a release okay. date. Is uh, did, did anything you saw today from Hellblade up your interest level? Did it take it down at all? Or did you just want the release date? Like, what was your reaction to the Hellblade portion of the developer direct today? Yeah, so just like you, Ryan, I haven't played the first game yet, but I totally plan to. Um, but... No, my excitement has kind of stayed the same for this just because I know the quality that they deliver, right? Like we know that they can deliver what they say they can. So for me, I'm not super worried about this game. I think it looks absolutely brutal and I love that. I am all for any type of like grimy, gruesome game that comes out that really has your character struggling, right? I love that. I, I love stories where your character doesn't suffer from main character syndrome. I love that you're just another person, right? You're in this world where there are always going to be things that are more menaces because they're bigger than you. And I really like that. I also want to point out that when I was talking about what we might see at the developer direct for this game, I was totally right. Again, with um, the background that we got on the psychology of this, focusing on the psychosis. And I absolutely love getting behind the scenes footage of, you know, the, the performers going around the mic and doing the voices mm -hmm. all around for the surround sound. And I think that's really cool. So I have not played Hellblade, so I can't speak to the story of the first one and how it's going to continue into this one, but hopefully I can. Um, right now I'm working through a backlog of games. So, you know, slowly <laughs> get into it. Yeah, to your to your point about uh, about liking the fact that she's vulnerable and human and not just like a superhero, one of the developers said during the presentation is, they want the player to feel like they always just scrape through the battle. And yeah, I, like I would say that that came through pretty clearly yes. on this. <laughs> uh, Khalif, how about you? Where'd you land with Hellblade after this? I just need I just need the game at this point. Uh, everything about this game just screams I want it. And I think massive shout out again to the Xbox team for for producing all of these kind of mini vid docs in, in these developer directs. I think they really do a great job of not only showcasing 
the game, but the teams behind them in such a really profound way. And I think you do get a really good glimpse of all the work it takes to make a game like Hellblade 2 really come together. I'm a big fan of everything that Three Lateral has done in terms of the performance capture space and Epic, what they've been doing with their technology. And I think this game is the one game that you continue to get a chance to see how far we've come from a technology uh, standpoint. And I think it really does have that feather in the cap for Xbox to be able to say, this game is pushing the boundaries of what we usually have seen technology-wise. And this is the thing that's going to be on our console, you know, day and date, whenever it winds up dropping. So they continue to to, to, to impress with this, and I, I just need it now at this point. Well said. I, yeah. I, I Oh, sorry, Stella. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to point out, um, I, I see on our Slack that we've been talking about this, and Senua's Saga Hellblade 2 will be... Um, Digital only sold at forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's oh, incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. I wonder if well, that, that speaks suggest... to the. Go ahead again, oh, sorry. sorry. Who? Sorry. Go over. Go ahead, Khalif. No, I was just going to say. I wonder if that speaks to what the you know developer talked about about this being a shorter kind of more tight experience, yeah. and and I wonder if that's mm -hmm. the the pricing kind of model for that. So, yeah. Just well, they said exactly lengthwise. They said lengthwise it'll be similar to the the first game. Uh, the response to it being digital only, I think, has been widely negative from the community, but. Honestly, I feel like that's the direction we're going. Uh, unfortunate for those who prefer physical media, but I mean, I download most of my stuff these days. So the price point seems great. $49.99 is, is awesome. And if it's the same length as the original, I thought the original was a perfect length. It, I, I, I don't need every game to be 100 hours long. Yeah, you know? <laughs> here, here. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes just telling an amazing story and they, they go into it further on Xbox Wire, how they really wanted to focus on crafting like the the story, the narrative that they wanted to tell. Uh, I, I think that's great. Yeah, I, the, you're, it's news to me that you're you're telling me about the, the lack of a physical release. And I, I, I mean, I, that's, I, quite frankly, I've, I'm of the opinion that that's pretty unacceptable for a major first party game. Like it's one thing if one of your, your smaller downloadable games is digital only. I mean, we've been doing that since the 360 with Xbox Live Arcade. But for Hellblade 2, the first game officially ever announced for the Xbox Series consoles that's been in development for a while, that's probably from the looks of it so far, probably going to be the best looking Xbox game ever. Once it, you know, how, how long it holds that belt, will that title belt will remain to be seen. But th this is a stunning looking Unreal Engine 5 game with super high production value. For there to not be a, a physical release, I, I, I'm with the community 100% on that, that, that that's, that's just bad for, it's a bad look, it's bad for game preservation. That's mm. tough. That's that's some it, unfortunate bad news to to kind of put a little dark cloud over what otherwise is a top shelf looking incredible video game that I, I can't say it any better than Khalif is just like get that game in my hands right now like I'm I'm ready to go uh, May twenty first so that is coming up very soon I mean that's just over four months away uh, for Hellblade two so it, it does. Ryan, sorry, it does make me wonder if it gives any more credibility to the FTC leak document where they talked about delightfully all digital in the future. Mm. If this is their first game that is going to go digital only, are we going to see more of that in coming titles? I hope not. I, that's that's a fair point, Destin. I, I think you're that's it's an astute observation, and 
I mean, the fact of the matter is there are still millions of Xbox Series Xs out there that have an optical drive, and there are people that either have a preference for a physical disc uh, or their their bandwidth cap on their ISP is is problematic or their download speed isn't isn't great. So yeah, that's uh that's tough. That is uh, tough news to swallow on what is otherwise just an absolutely top shelf, stunning looking video game that it seems like it's going to be awesome. Like there's there's nothing about this. You know, we'll we got to play it and see how the story is and see how the combat is. But everything about this game is looking just just a list right now. We got ten minutes left. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the surprise game, Visions of Mana. Uh, I will once again pull up my informal little little Twitter poll here. Oh, by the way, I don't because I don't think I said for Hellblade Two, uh, that one had the second highest positive response to these informal polls that I did. Uh, 58% of people that voted in that one said they loved it. Another 25% said seemed pretty good. Only 12% said it looked okay. 4.8% I didn't like what I saw. So, uh, you know, over three quarters of poll respondents were, were super positive on Hellblade 2, and, and I'm certainly right there with them. Uh, Visions of Mana uh, was on this little mini poll of mine. 34%, so one-third of people went with seemed pretty good. 26% saying they loved it. 28% it looked okay. 12% I didn't like what I saw. So a little more middle of the road on this one. Uh, Stella, I'll go to you first. We were, we were kind of all talking about the art style uh, specifically when yeah. it comes to Visions of Mana. What did you think of it? I think it's cute. Uh, I have not played any games in this franchise, but I think it looks really cute. I mean, you can ride the little Yorkshire Terrier-looking animal, which is really cute. Um, yeah, I've not really been into games like this before, but I think it looks really great, and I think players who are a fan of the franchise will be really happy. It looks really great. Combat looks very snappy. Um, and the gameplay that we saw looked really clean and crisp here. I mean, yeah. the art style really works really well with the shading and the way the combat flows. And all the little creatures are so cute. Like, that turtle is wearing a helmet. And I genuinely don't think I could play this game because I can't beat up these cute little creatures. Uh, so yeah, they're really cute. And I don't think I could play it because um, I refuse to level up or progress the game by killing any of those little creatures. So, yeah. Khalif Adams, Visions of Mana. I mean, I, I was really just, you know, transfixed with, with Ishii-san's uh, jacket. And, and and look <laughs> the the best the best trench coat in game dev oh, by yeah. far uh just knocked it out of the park in terms of presentation i'm I'm with stella on 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 terms of like not really having had a lot of time with this uh series in, in this in this franchise at all i mean it was interesting to just see how many games they rifled off that are in the mana series and i was like damn there's a lot of mana there's so much mana in this in this mana uh but it looks really pretty i think this is going to be one of those games that for those folks who are already kind of in tune with this series and, and have been a big part of it or, or have had a you know history with it, they're going to really be hyped for this. Um, but it's going to be one of those things that I'd have to kind of just like get hands on and play around with and see and then kind of do the work to go back and see why people are so excited for this franchise and, and why people care so much. But it looks really gorgeous. It looks really pretty. Uh, and, and shout out to Ishii-san uh, Ishii for, for, for looking so dope on, on the stream. 
popping the collar too. Yeah. He, had, he had it all going on. Uh, <laughs> Destin, Visions of Mana, what'd you think? I was a little surprised to see a game that's multi-platform put into the developer direct where we're focusing on xbox exclusives personally visions of mana is coming to playstation 5 playstation 4 uh xbox of course and basically everything uh so i was a little surprised to see it there and for people that are excited for games with this art style and this sort of vision i'm i'm really glad that xbox has that offering for them i remember when they were trying to get like blue dragon off the ground back in the the 360 era and it really feels like having their presence during this showcase shows hey look we're really serious about japanese developers collaborating with us and i I think that was the purpose of it look we're bffs with square here's visions of mana and this is part of the continued bridge building between xbox and Square Enix that will hopefully result in Final Fantasy VII finally coming to the Xbox platform. Right after Final Fantasy XIV starts its open beta, basically February, I believe is what, what they said. So Yeah, I think but, you've you've summed it up pretty well. I, I'm in total agreement. I think this was this was a relationship play, right? Like they are 100%. saying to Square, like we really value you, we want you on our platform. Look, we are gonna put you in our developer direct as the you know hidden easter egg surprise guest um and i do think just to be clear before i say what i'm about to say i think this game looks stunning like i love this art style like how it's almost kind of a cartoon like an anime come to life like not kind of one-to-one but just that sort of very colorful uh vibe to it which i which i love i think this if this hadn't just been unveiled at the Game Awards, if if Xbox had been able to reveal this game, even with it being multi-platform, I think this would have hit a lot harder for people. But even that we had just seen it, it was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, it was nice to see it included, but I don't think there was really a lot of surprise and delight, despite the fact that it was a surprise entry in this in this presentation. Still nice to see it, don't get me wrong. Happy that it's there, but and and like you said, Destin, if it's if if putting it in there helps get more Square Enix games onto the Xbox platform, mm-hmm. particularly in a day and date manner, as this game is is uh, going to be released, then sure, I'm all for it, no problem. <laughs> Let's do it. Closing thoughts: Your thoughts on the direct, the developer direct overall? Uh, maybe if you want to give it a grade, go for it, Khalif. I'll, I'll give you the first word here. I give it an A. It, it was it was a fantastic showcase. I think they did exactly what they would hope to do with a, with one of these kinds of uh, showings, and I think they really gave the the Xbox fandom and fan base a, a really good look at this coming up this upcoming year and, and what's going to be dropping. Stella, uh, I would need more time to think about a grade, um, but I think they did what they. I mean, they showed us what they said they were going to show us. Right? No surprises. They described what they were going to do. It's a developer direct and. Yeah, they delivered it. And I think they were able to I think they were able to tide everyone's expectations over with the different games that they were looking forward to. Obviously, we got more in-depth gameplay looks at indie, well, the first real look, really, and then Senua's um next journey. And Ara really went into depth on their development as well. So yeah, we got exactly what they said they would give us. 
Justin? They showed a little bit of everything for all the different genres really so from a business perspective uh i'll give it an a and indie was a huge hit for me so that game definitely gets an a but from a destin perspective like i'm only hype about some of the games so b for destin but in terms of what they're trying to do i get what i get what they're going for (laughs) yeah i'm an a as well and it's and that is mostly indie like i'm not gonna lie like but Hellblade, I I got what I wanted, which was that release date. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew going in that Ara wasn't really my jam, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avowed looked solid. I guess if I were to say anything, I wouldn't say it disappointed me. It just didn't. I wanted to be more impressed than I want. It was it looked good. It just didn't. It wasn't like whoa, that's Avowed, cool. So I'm not quite there where I where I was hoping to be with Avowed yet. But we got plenty of time. But yeah, the indie indie just like over-indexed big time for me. Oh, yeah. in that, in that, and I think they knew it. I think Microsoft knew it. There's a reason it was last. I mean, I think we all would have predicted that it would be the last thing shown in this, and it was. But but I think they knew that indie was freaking awesome, and it was. And they spent, they gave it the most amount of time, and they showed you know a decent bit of it, and uh, and that Indiana Jones 100% delivered. Um, I think that's the common sentiment out there. That's certainly how I feel. So uh, this is now two developer directs, each of the last two Januaries. Hopefully this is now going to be a regular thing. I mean, with with so many studios in the portfolio now, particularly when you roll in Activision Blizzard, and along with Bethesda, there's every reason to believe that Microsoft will have enough to keep doing these uh, and not have them feel forced every January. So. Hopefully this is the the second in what is now going to be a tradition. And and I say, uh, bravo, Microsoft. You did good today. Uh, Xbox fans, a lot, lot to like. Good stuff. Thank you all for watching. Check us out every week on Podcast Unlock. We are IGN's weekly Xbox show. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash IGN games or on any of your favorite podcast services. Thanks for joining us live this week. And we'll see you next time. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.